the day at 1600. By 1630, I'm through the gate in civilian clothes. At 10.30 p.m., I pick up my girl, and we get a hotel room for the night to beat the military's 11 o'clock curfew. I get some lovin', do some sleeping, and next morning start all over again. We don't stay long at Subic before we're assigned to the USS Hermitage, known to one and all as the Hurton Herm, an amphibious landing ship, and we sail to Chu Lai, Vietnam. Day after day, we practice amphibious landings with our Marines, and then we head to Dong Ha, right below the DMZ, for the real thing. In between ops, for the next month, I spend most of my free time with the Marines. I picked up a lot of knowledge from these guys, and I was pretty happy about it. The M14 and ammo, 7.62mm, .308 cal, was very heavy, but extremely reliable, and would definitely knock the enemy down. The M16 and ammo, 5.56mm, .223 cal, was super light, so you could carry more ammo, but, according to the Marines, it was a total piece of shit. It was always breaking or jamming, and unless hit in the head, a gook shot with an M16 rarely went down and stayed down. All you'd find would be blood trails. The jars didn't much care, as long as the enemy couldn't shoot back, but their officers were so gung-ho about body counts that they would run more and more ops just to get the numbers, thereby putting their grunts at high risk. Anyway, gooks, or slopes, were skinny little dudes, always sneaking around and rarely fighting pitch battles. When the Marines ran ops, the gooks would just fade out of their way, occasionally giving the Marines harassing fire. They'd wait until the Marines set up camp, then they'd let them have it with mortars, rockets, and sniping fire. Charlie, from Radio Phonetics' Victor Charles, which was short for VC, or Viet Cong, loved the night, however, ambushing the patrols and assaulting the Marines' fixed positions. Charlie would spend his days fishing or working his rice fields, and at dusk pick up his rifle, mortar, or rocket launcher and do a number on U.S. troops. Worse, even women and children could be V.C., and you never knew who might shoot at you. Children, of course, were too young to be militarily motivated, but they would certainly follow directions given to them by elders who were. So look out, dude. It was when the Marines mentioned NVA, though, that their tone changed to one of respect. NVA, or Mr. Charles, North Vietnamese Army, were full-time soldiers who were excellent fighters, and they just wouldn't back up. The Marines didn't like to run into NVA, because when they did, Marines died. The thing the Marines hated most, though, were booby traps. There were sharp, punchy stakes stuck in the ground, which would pierce your feet and ankles. And since in the tropics any wound infected almost immediately, pungies were bad news, especially if they'd been dipped in shit. There were trip traps, which were grenades and mortar rounds set up with trip wires. These were especially dangerous on night patrols because you couldn't see the trip wires. Then there were the big guys. Mines. All the way from cigar box size up to big box mines. They were set off by trip wires, pressure detonators, or by a gook with a hand detonator. Command detonated. Waiting for the right moment to do the most damage. One thing that frogs excelled at was demonstrating to the regular Navy forces how vulnerable a ship was to night stealth attacks. Ships were usually well guarded against assault from land, 
but were almost helpless against sapper attacks from the water. Every so often our officers would challenge ship commanders to an exercise, and without fail the frogs would capture and or disable the victim ship. While on the hermitage, we got to run several of these exercises, and they were a lot of fun. I got a big kick out of these games because I could use my best skills to good advantage. I soon discovered I had excellent night vision, better than most, and I found that swimming into the target was no problem. Naturally, we used the UDT strokes, which simply meant that nothing broke the surface except our heads, which were kept low in the water at all times. We only had to be careful that our face masks didn't reflect light. We would trail our arms along our sides and use leg and swim fin power in a flutter kick to close the distance to the target. Then we'd switch to underwater breaststroke to maneuver up close to the assembly point. The assembly point would be a patch of darkness or a place...